0: What is
1: I've always enjoyed the fall atmosphere, the fall colors, and so on. It's uh, it's almost like God's iconography. Lots of colors, lots of beauty. Because, of course, God is true, good, and beautiful, and so is his creation. And that is what we try to do in the church, especially in the Eastern churches, with all of our art, architecture, the candles, the gold, the icons, etc. You know, this is, uh, speaking of Moving through time, this is program number 890 of Light of the East. 890. If you're listening, you're listening to our 890th program. Steaming towards a thousand programs pretty soon, and maybe some of you have been with us since the beginning. If you are, I want to thank you for that. And I also want to thank the person that really got it all started for us up in the Saginaw, Michigan area. His name is Charles Cook. Charles Cook. And also, we remember our very first radio engineer that Charles got a hold for us, Art Clifton of Blessed Memory. In fact, he passed away, it'll be next month, he passed away in November, so we'll remember him at that time. And then, God provided us with, after Art's passing, God provided us with Armand Chabatari, who is currently our radio producer and engineer, has been for a number of years now, a number of programs so, God has blessed us, and especially he's blessed us with you, you listeners, those who have been supportive in many ways. I want to thank you for that. So, radio program 890. Now, speaking of time, we think of growing up, the times of our lives and growing up. We think of how we started out as, of course, little infants, babies. And many times there is a struggle with families, with parents especially, when it comes time for their babies or toddlers or little children in church. Now, some parents might say, yeah, it's a struggle for our older kids too. Well, yes, but in a different way. For those of you who struggle with children in church or babies, toddlers, the little children, I have some good news for you. And again, as always, we look into the liturgy of the church. Many times when a child is unruly or kind of restless or screaming or crying in church. It's a difficult thing for parents, a difficult thing for other people too, because it can be very disturbing. of course, first and foremost, we are thrilled that we have that sound in church, the the sound of little voices, of babies, of children, because if we don't hear crying, we'll experience dying little adage one of my preachers said to me. I thought, that's pretty good. You should make a t-shirt out of that for church. If you don't hear crying, you're going to hear dying or be dying. And that's true. Church is something that we obviously want to have continue on, passed on, passed down to our next generations. So, we're thrilled whenever we have the little ones in church. I'm very blessed and proud to say at Annunciation Parish, we've always had children, and we still do now. Everybody would like even more, but the children we do have are very precious, and we have a pretty good number of them at Annunciation Parish. We've always been blessed with that, and that is a tribute to the parents. I always believe that nowadays, when young families have babies, that's such an inspiration for me as a priest, as a pastor, that amidst what seems to be dark times, some might even say the end times, or just very, very dark times, amidst all that, when we may be tempted to be hopeless and Ask ourselves, why go on? Why bring another child into this world? It's all going to end anyway, or it's, things are going to collapse, or it's just going to get worse, or whatever. Whatever I see amidst all that, and it's very easy to think that. I admit that. It, it is easy to think that, especially in the way things are in this day and age. But we always have to be people of light and hope, and life must continue on. That I always admire, especially now, those families and those of you who may be listening, if you are having children. I want to commend you. I want to let you know what an inspiration you are to me as a priest, as a Christian. And I always am inspired by that because it's signs of hope that these young families that go ahead, these young families are going ahead with the risk, the responsibility of life, not knowing what's ahead. What seems to be ahead doesn't seem to be very promising in this world, although we still live with hope. So I want to commend those couples who are having children, especially those couples in church and bringing them to church. But as we bring our children to church, We have to understand that there is a very, very pedagogical character to the liturgy, to church itself, to the experience of church, a necessary pedagogical dimension. In other words, a teaching dimension, a formative dimension for our children from the time they're born all the way, of course, until they grow up. Church has something for them. And whenever parents struggle a little bit with children in church, when they become a little unruly or restless, or they start to scream and cry out or make loud noises, sometimes the little babies like to, I think they like to hear their voices because they'll, they'll yell in church. There's nothing wrong with them, not being bothered. I think they're just going to get kick out of the fact they can hear their voice, especially in Byzantine churches where the acoustics are very lively, like in our Church of Annunciation. The acoustics are very lively there. So when a little child screams, they I think they get a kick out of hearing their voice being so loud. Almost like a like a, with almost like a slight echo, but it can be disturbing. And yes, we would ask that if a child is really getting out of hand, especially during certain parts of the liturgy, such as the what we would call the liturgy of the word, when the the readings are being chanted, the epistle, the gospel, and also the homily, because those are times in the liturgy when we're supposed to be if I might say, passive, a kind of a passive participation. We're supposed to be listening and absorbing, taking in the word of God. The two most important aspects of a liturgy, of course, are receiving the word of God and receiving the body and blood of Christ, receiving God into us through his word and through His very body and blood in the Eucharist. So we're in a posture of receptivity in liturgy, but one that in which we respond out of that receptivity. We're responding by being filled with the Word of God, filled with the very presence of God in the form of the bread and wine in the Eucharist, His body, soul, divinity, in us. And so we respond with that with joyous worship, joyous celebration, joyous proclamation let us shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth, as we say in the liturgy. So we are To be passive at certain points and to absorb. So, we have to be able to hear that. So, if a child is getting very unruly or doing a lot of crying and screaming at that point, which oftentimes seems to happen, sometimes my theory is they're trying to be preachers too. They're trying to be homilists as well. Maybe they have something more important than what we priests have to say at the homily, because like Jesus said, out of the mouths of babes would come wisdom. So, maybe they have something they want to say. Well, whatever. They have to wait for that. (laughs) So, it is good, yes, to take them out of the church. Take them just outside the church in the narthex or vestibule, or hopefully you can still hear what's going on, but make sure that that is temporary because the children have to know that just because they scream. So you don't want to teach them that, well, if I want to get out of here, I just want to go horse around or do something else. I'll just start throwing a fuss and mom and dad will take me out and I'll get my way. You don't want to teach them that either. You want to bring them out just as a little bit of a cooling time, especially at a critical point in the liturgy, but also you want to bring them back. You see, liturgy and the experience of church, don't be afraid to have that be very formative for your child, no matter how young they are. It's an immense, immense teaching moment for them. I can honestly say that I'm a priest today because in part, certainly in part, in a big part of my experience of liturgy as a child growing up, everything about it, the preparation for it, the right posture, the approach, the attitude that I was taught by the parents and the nuns and the priests and relatives, there's a whole liturgical culture that we need to bring our children up in before we even get to liturgy. Liturgy itself is part of that culture, but there's a culture before, during, and after liturgy that is essential to a child's development as a person, let alone as a Christian or a Catholic East or West. It's very, very formative because in the liturgy, the child learns by that liturgical culture a lot of valuable things about life, first and foremost about God, but also about life. So, I can't stress enough, bring your children to church. Don't worry about them getting fussy and so on. We can deal with that, and we're going to talk about that as we go on with this program. The first thing is, as I mentioned, if you bring them, yes, there are times when you can bring them out, if they're especially louder and ruly. but don't stay out. Calm them down, bring them back. Now, what if you're in the liturgy? What do you do when they're getting a little bit fussy in the liturgy? Children are very, very kinesthetic. In other words, they experience things through their senses. They like to touch things. They like to smell things, even put things in their mouth, of course, taste things, see things. They're very, very kinesthetic, as we all are supposed to be. But you know what? So is liturgy very kinesthetic, especially in the Eastern churches. Floor to ceiling imagery, bright, beautiful imagery, icons and golden halos and bright colors. Chandeliers with lights, candle candelabras with plenty of candles to light, the singing, the gesturing, the bowing, the prostrations during the penitential period, the processions, the movement of the clergy and also of the people during the liturgy, the reception of Holy Communion, these things are all very, very integrated, very organic, and very kinesthetic, there's something we taste in liturgy, something we see, something we hear, something we feel and touch and so on. So children, actually, whenever they get fussy, what they're really saying is, "I want to be more part of things. I want to see things. I want to touch things." That's really what they're asking for a lot. I want you to think about something for a moment. If you said to people that I take my little toddler or my little baby and for a solid hour or more, and of course in some of the Eastern churches, for a solid hour. I put them between two stalls, and I expect them to, quote-unquote, be still, behave. I do that at my house. What do you think someone would say to that? They may call DCFS and have your children take it away from you for abuse. What do you mean you put them in a stall like an animal and expect the child to be still or good for an hour or more? That's unthinkable, yet that's what we try to do in church. Now, attentions are good, but we have to step back and look at that. Just look at that for a moment. How would we expect a child to stay still, to behave, to be good in church, quote unquote, when we put them in such a restrictive posture and for so long a time? Yeah, we hold them up, jostle them around and so on, but think of what we're doing to the child. So the child naturally is going to get restless. It's going to want to break out. It's going to want to walk around and do things and touch things and see things because there's a... There's a lot to touch and taste and see and experience in liturgy. This is especially true in the Eastern churches because of the nature of the Eastern churches, we have a wonderful platform for children to be formed and to learn, to actually engage their restlessness. And that's what I'm gonna encourage parents to do. It's what we do at our church, at my parish of annunciation. We have certain people designated that do that for the children. But also, we have ways that we try to teach the parents as well. So when I come back, we're going to talk more about what to do with children in church and how the liturgy itself can help. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East
0: mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com, and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. You are listening send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Willcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you... This is Archbishop Salvatore Cordiglione of the Archdiocese of San Francisco, and you are listening to Light of the East. Here is a new book from EWTN Publishing. They Might Be Saints, On the Path to Sainthood in America, by Michael O'Neill. The miracle hunter, Michael O'Neill, unveils 24 of America's greatest blesseds and venerables whose causes for canonization are already underway, including profiles on Knights of Columbus founder Michael McGivney, Bishop Fulton J. Sheen, America's first TV evangelist, and Father Augustus Tolton, the nation's first black priest they might be saints on the path to sainthood in america available now at ewtnrc.com by catholic shop ewtnrc.com
1: welcome back to lay of the east i'm Father thomas why your host Using the liturgy and its inherent genius and integration as a way to help children to, quote-unquote, behave in church. I put that in quotes because we can't expect children to behave like adults or older children in church. As I mentioned, what they really want to do is to experience more. So, let them experience. See, in Eastern churches, we generally try not to have a, a church, a nave, the nave part of the church, filled back to front, side to side with pews. At least we shouldn't. Because the nature of the Eastern liturgy is much more organic. There's much more movement that occurs, and therefore it must be allowed. you can't do that when you've got too many pews. You kind of lock people in. And you especially can't lock children in, especially for an hour. So imagine there's fewer pews. Or if you're in a pew, don't be afraid to get out from the pew if your child is getting restless. And walk them around in what should be candle stands, icon stands with icons or icons on the wall, and walk them around and quietly kind of whisper in their ear, take them up to the icons. Or if you're a Latin-Rite Catholic, you can do this in the church with statues. Don't be afraid to go up to these items in the church, the imagery in the church, whatever it is, and start to engage the child in the imagery because they love colors start to ask him little questions like look you see this who is this who is this this is jesus yeah this is jesus oh look it's baby jesus look he's a baby like you look he's got little feet little toes just like you have you don't have to point out the theology or be a theologian you just start to engage the child in that imagery let them appreciate and make it real for them it's almost like a giant coloring book for them and you know children love images they really do they love images I love to engage in images and let them touch it. It's okay. The little childish hands aren't going to hurt the image, not going to hurt the statue. If they really want to touch it, it's okay too. Let them see it. Talk to them about it. You quietly can do that and walk them around. You'll see they'll calm down. They'll be more engaged in the liturgy. And then you can explain to them about, you know, we have to be good in liturgy Church is a very special place, and the Eastern churches becomes especially convenient because we offer the Holy Communion, the Eucharist, to children, to babies even, because in the Eastern churches, many Eastern churches, the sacraments of initiation, baptism, confirmation, Holy Eucharist are given together, regardless of age. We sometimes call it infant communion, but it's kind of a misnomer. It's not about the age. It's about whether the person is baptized, They receive confirmation and Holy Communion all at the same time. We don't separate them or delay each one. Latin rite, they do for their own reasons. Just in Eastern churches, we preserve the ancient format of celebrating these three sacraments together, again, regardless of age. But you can use that pedagogically as well. It can be a teaching moment. You can say, you know, we're going to receive Jesus in us. We're gonna go up front and receive Jesus. So we have to be good. We have to honor Jesus. We have to respect Jesus like you respect mommy and daddy. You can be very pedagogical in these moments with the sacraments themselves. And you can also tell the child, you know, if we're not proper, if we're not respectful in church, then we can't receive Jesus. That's right. You can actually do that. And you instill in that child at a very early age, which must be done. It's one of the most crucial aspects of raising a child today, at least I believe. And the church is the perfect place for that. What is this crucial aspect? The sense of something, someone, very, very reverent, much greater and awesome than themselves. And everything it has to do with that person who is so much greater than themselves. That a person, of course, is God. Come to us in the second person trinity, Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. And a child needs to learn that and can learn that by using the liturgy. This is something special. Come to Jesus. He loves you. He wants to come into you. You're going to take him into your body. You're going to be so close to him. But, you know, we have to respect and love Jesus as he loves us. So we have to be quiet now You can always have what you want, is basically what you're teaching the child. So you accommodate some of their restlessness, which is very natural. They just want to be more involved. So do that. Don't be afraid to go around the church quietly You don't have to do it in a showy way. Whisper in their ear. Let them touch things, look at things. Light a candle with them. Don't let them do it themselves, but light a candle with them. Let them be tactile. Let them be immersed in the liturgy. Guarantee you, they're going to be quiet. They're going to be calmed down. And they're going to really be formed in a very deep and genuine way in this way. But prepare them already for that lesson of we must be worthy. We must approach holy and things worthy of respect in the right way. In fact, in the Byzantine liturgy, whenever the priest is ready to distribute Holy Communion, he or if there's a deacon, takes the chalice, holds it up in front of everybody, faces the people, and says, "Approach with the fear of God and with faith. Approach with the fear of God and faith." It means reverential awe. It means you just don't can't come up here with any kind of attitude, dressed any way, with any kind of hate or anger in your heart. This has to be approached in a way in which we come like a beggar, a humble beggar. And that is a very important principle for all of life because we live in a time now when there is a lack of respect, a lack of a sense of anything greater than me. We see this especially in the younger generations where it's all about me. No one's any better than me. I don't have to defer a bow to anything. I'm entitled. That's a terrible, terrible principle to live by. The better principle is I am humble i am a student i am a child i'm a young person much to learn i must respect those who have gone before me who are older than me have much to offer to me i must defer and learn from them and especially from god and from the church and the liturgy is set up to teach that lesson so engage the child in the liturgy and the lessons that are there the sense of deference, humility, a fascination and awe with the icons and the candles, the lighting. Have them listen to the music. What are they singing now? Let's try to sing with them. Lord have mercy, say Lord have mercy. Say amen now, amen. Things like that, engage them in the liturgy. And you'll see, not only are both of you, you and your child gonna have a better experience than everybody else in church, but you're actually gonna be forming them in a very critical way with some very crucial principles that they will develop as they grow in life and hopefully grow in the life of the church. Thanks for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya
0: on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit byzantinecatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit byzantinecatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio, Dr. Doctor discusses practical and current medical topics with a focus on the dignity of the human person, body, and soul. Dr. Doctor is the official radio program of the Catholic Medical Association.